This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to say that we know communication is tough. We hope you've been able to incorporate the tips and strategies we discuss into your daily life. If you feel like you're still struggling or would like individual guidance, I offer one-on-one online coaching sessions for all things speech, voice, and communication. This can include public speaking lessons, which are an incredible tool to mitigate social anxiety and increase overall confidence levels, speaking voice enhancement if you don't love the sound of your voice on tape, accent modification to speak clearly and be heard the first time, and social skills training, which covers a lot of the things that we talk about on the show, but of course would be tailored to your individual needs and goals. On the show, we talk a lot about the content of what you're going to say. With my private coaching clients, I also focus on the delivery, how you say the thing you say, how your tone of voice can affect the way that you're coming across and the way your message is delivered. If you're at all interested in these services, please check out my website, georgiaspeechcoaching.com and schedule a free phone consultation to discuss your needs and goals. I would love to work with you. Now back to the show. Hello, welcome back. Today's episode, we are going to focus on the importance of talking it out, meaning when you have a problem, when you have an issue, particularly with another person, we're going to talk about why it's really important to address the issue and talk about things rather than suppress them and push things under the rug. And because that almost never ends well, and so today we're going to talk about why that doesn't end well and offer some strategies to make the conversation a little bit easier. So this was inspired by a situation that I had actually very recently. I was with someone and I really needed to talk to them about something and I had needed to for weeks, but I just hadn't. And so that was manifesting itself in this case. It got to the point where my stomach was literally sick. For no reason. We were walking through the store and I felt nauseous and there was nothing that had been done that day or in that interaction that would cause me to feel that way. But it was because of all this suppressed energy that I had. And that was also not only making me feel physically ill, but it was causing me to be kind of rude to that person. And in all of our interactions for a few days, I was just kind of short and I would be in a fine mood that day. And then as soon as I would spend time with them, then I would just kind of go into this weird state and they picked up on it. And anyway, it got to the point where it was so obvious and I just started crying out of nowhere that we had to address the issue and talk about it. And of course, as generally happens, they were feeling the same way. And so it was helpful for them to talk about the issue too. And so I was just, I felt so like a weight had been lifted after having that conversation. And I I kicked myself like, why did it take me so long to talk about this? And Molly and I got to talking and we realized how often this actually happens and how easy it is to avoid those confrontations because that word is scary, confrontation. So we want to address some of the fears behind that, figure out why it is so important and how we can avoid getting to the place of nausea or crying out of nowhere or taking out all of your energy by being mean to someone in today's episode. 
Yeah, I mean, when you told me that story, Trisha, it resonated with me so much because I, too, have also had those physical manifestations of upset feelings or feelings from holding something in too much. So I also get an upset stomach. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to puke. Sometimes my physical manifestation is crying, (laughs) actually most of the time, randomly. So I think that's something important to comment on first is like notice and cue into your body because almost all of the time what's happening in your brain will manifest in some way in your body. Um, And the way Trisha's, Trisha and I's work is our stomach gets upset, we cry. Um, other ways might be like you have a lot of anger you need to get out or something. My like, hips too. My hips get your really hips? tight when I'm stressed. I mean, that's something uh-huh. that – so this is something, if you're interested in this kind of work, highly encourage you to do some research on the body manifestations of different emotions. But stress, often we hold a lot of stress in our hips. So – even just Mm. doing some hip opening stretches will call to mind something going on in your life and you can think about it while you're doing that and it helps release some of that tension. But yes, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but hips and your, some people break out when they're stressed. There's so many different things Mm. and your stress obviously might not just be caused by your relationships or by communication factors, but sometimes they can be. And if your stomach is into what you want to do is pay attention when you are talking to that person or when you're with that person or when you're thinking about that person, if you're having, as Molly said, stomach issues and continue with, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's okay. It just also brought up a good point in my brain too, that like, it's so funny how people talk about how mental health isn't, you know, a true health concern or it's not something like that needs medical attention or things like that. But it's so funny because how our mental health can impact our physical health. There's obviously big, big signs about that it's all connected. So it is important to address and it's kind of important to shift our, it's not kind of important. It is important to shift our minds to attend to our mental health. And if we are feeling these senses of overwhelmed or stressed or, you know, confused, it's important to address those just as you addressed a physical manifestation in your body, which often happens when you are having those negative emotions. Yeah. So something you can do to test this is think, okay, my stomach is sick right now. And then take the, the dietary, make the dietary modifications or the lifestyle modifications that you generally would to make your stomach feel better. And if nothing helps, maybe the issue is deeper. Maybe it's more psychological. I could go on for days about the relationship between the mind and body, but I don't think that's what our focus is meant to be. (laughs) It's not. It was just a good, good side note. But um... it's a great point because in my case, like if I don't talk to someone about something, it results in a physical reaction. So let's... And I think for for both of us, it's the first thing we notice too. And I think that's why we're um, getting so stuck on it. But it is one of the first things you notice. Like that's something that that helps you know something's wrong. I actually would say it's not the first thing I notice. I know, like in this case that I gave the example before, I knew that I needed to talk about something with this person. But I just kept ignoring Mm -hmm. it or brushing it under the rug. And I kept saying, no, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. My stomach didn't immediately start hurting. It was because for weeks I had been suppressing it that all of a sudden it started appearing in my body. And it's true for any emotion. Any psychologist will tell you any emotion that you suppress only intensifies that emotion. So every time I pushed it under, then I, it was actually making it stronger and making it worse as opposed to dealing with it right away. 
And sometimes we're not ready to talk about something immediately and we need time to process it, which will also get into ways you can process things before you have the conversation. But acknowledging it and dealing with it as soon as you can is much better than pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down until you explode, which is what often happens with people, myself included. Yeah. See, mine is is almost immediate. Like whenever a conflict occurs, like my stomach goes into knots and like maybe it's when someone else puts a conflict on me that I wasn't expecting and then I know I need to talk about it. That's when it immediately affects me. But I mean, everybody's different. And I'm also the type of person who needs to address things right away. I was actually talking about this with um, my boyfriend the other day, how like I cannot wait to address a conflict. I'm one of those people when something comes up, I'm like, okay, let's talk about it right now. Um, And that's just how I deal with things. And sometimes it's the best option. And sometimes it's not though. Like, you know, I think there is time you have to process a little bit, but I think always it comes to a point it has to be discussed. And that's what this episode's about too. Yeah. I think it depends on the situation. Sometimes I'm the same way. It's like, okay, that bothered me. Let me tell you right now why that bothered me. And then other times it's, let me think about this. And is it, is it a big enough deal to bring up? Usually it is. It always is. But sometimes I think it's okay to take time to process because you might not even be with that person. You might not be in a setting where you can bring it up right away. And the setting has to be appropriate, right? Like depending on the size of the issue too, like say you have a conflict with one of your best friends and she is about to get married, maybe wait until after her wedding day or whatever. That was a very strange example, but Mm -hmm. you know, there are situations that you have to kind of read But again, there always has to be something. You always have to talk about it. Yeah. And one thing I will say, if something happens and let's say you're out and you're with someone and they do something that bothers you and it's, it will ruin my mood until I'm able to address it. And I think a lot of people are like, that's like, until you talk about it, you're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. And then even though you know Mm -hmm. you're not fine. And so, yeah, it is really important to notice those signs in yourself because a lot of times these will happen and we're so used to suppressing them that we don't even notice that they're happening anymore. And you, that becomes the new normal. And so you might know objectively, like, yes, I'm upset about this thing, but you're trying so hard to ignore it that you don't realize that it's affecting your mood. You don't realize it's making you cranky. You don't realize it's affecting your body. You don't realize it's making you anxious and tense. And so what we want to start to do is become aware of those manifestations and then also notice when you do address something faster how it alleviates those feelings yes I think this also pulls a lot on the passive aggressive episode we filmed um or recorded because if you do end up knowing that you have something to talk about and then choose not to it turns into passive aggressiveness and you can go listen to our whole episode on why that's not great either yeah that actually is what I meant to say a minute ago is we start to do these things and it can almost become subconscious. So even though you're not aware, you're, you're not intentionally being mean to someone, you might make a passive aggressive comment or make a joke. And it's like, there's actually, it's riddled with cyanide because you mean it aggressively at your subconscious level, but then you say, and you're like, Oh, I didn't mean that. But it, 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 these things need to be addressed to prevent those sorts of issues from happening. Another example from my life is I was living with 
a roommate and we had started out being pretty close friends but then eventually kind of drifted apart and then a variety of things happened her boyfriend basically moved her boyfriend moved in and I wasn't part of that decision and a lot of just different little things happened that grew, caused us to grow further apart and we never really talked about it and so even though I think we were both doing little things that bothered each other I never spoke up about my boundaries and my needs and so it's not her fault that she wasn't meeting my needs or respecting my boundaries and it got to the point where we were both being very disrespectful of each other but it since there was so much this went on for like six months and since there was so much repressed emotion on my part I would get a text from her and immediately feel anxious like even before I read the text I would just see the name and my body would start to shake and that's not normal and then the text even regardless of what it was it would always give me a negative stress response and I was like why is this physically coming out so hard and it was again because I didn't have the conversation with her about anything so just before moving out I one day I got to the point where I just couldn't hold it in any longer and so I wrote a letter to her which often I will write letters to people and that helps get emotions off my chest. But in this particular case, I never felt called to do that. I never wanted to have the conversation because I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to, I'm going to be out of here soon anyway. And I was ignoring it, even though objectively I knew I needed to do it. But anyway, I wrote this letter to her before I even gave it to her. I immediately felt that sensation of the weight is lifted. And then all my interactions with her after that were much more positive. I still don't even know if she got the letter because I just left it there with her boyfriend. She wasn't home when I moved out. So I have no idea if she got it. But still, in my mind, it's like, okay, I got closure in that situation. I said the things I needed to say. And I no longer feel that anxiety when I think of that situation. I think it's so important that you got your thoughts out. And while I think it's important, we've talked about this in previous episodes, just writing things out also helps. I think the fact that you actually gave it to her, and again, you don't know what the rem- what happened after you left it with her boyfriend, but the fact that you know the message got delivered, I think that's one of the reasons why you felt so much relief afterwards. Mm-hmm. So that's a strategy that you can use if you want to have a conversation with someone, but let's say you don't know how to bring it up. You can either go the letter route, which is going to give you some release, not as much admittedly as having a conversation. There's just something different about talking through things than writing. But if you just want to process your feelings, then you can write a letter. And as I think Dale Carnegie gave this advice, write a letter when you're really angry and then wait a day and then go back and read it and see if that's still how you feel before you have the conversation with the person. That way you can get a more third party look at things and you're not so caught up in your emotions at the time. And I think that's such a a great strategy because I use that a lot. Actually, I've used it since I was a child with one of my best friends. We did this when we were like 11 and 12. We would write each other long letters if we were feeling upset with each other and then deliver it. And it was a catalyst for having in-person conversations because it's a way to also control your emotions. So the true core message that you want to talk to the peer, the person about is conveyed as opposed to having your emotions flood and you say something that you don't mean to say or something like that. So in Trisha's case, she left it and didn't need that follow-up conversation because there was no relationship to be had afterwards. But in situations where it is a relationship you want to keep continuing with, 
I always like to write a letter, give it to them, and sometimes I'll have them read it in front of me, and then it'll kind of spark the conversation we need to have, and it kind of gives each other points to talk about. And when you write it out first, you do feel a big release, even before you give it to the person, too, and then it's a good conversation starter. I've done this with my boyfriend, I've done this again with my friends, and it's just, for me, very helpful. And one thing I think that is a big benefit from that is you get to take some of the vulnerability out of it because when you're writing it, it's so much easier, in my opinion, to write something down and hand it to a person than to physically say the words sometimes. But then once you Mm -hmm. know they've received the words and they read it, then it's so much easier to talk about. It's not saying it out loud for the first time, like, hey, this thing you did really bothered me. But it's like, okay, I wrote this down. Now they know that thing really bothered me. And now we can talk about it open and freely without my fear of judgment. Because sometimes it's just that that initial instant of opening your mouth to say the thing that can be the hardest. And then that initial fear can cloud your actual message that you're trying to send. So the letter, when you write it out, it is the core true message you want to send because there's none of that feeling judged or getting extremely angry and emotions that change the message. So I really like that method. I think it's great. Tell the person first though, like I'm writing you a letter because <laughs> then if you just give them a letter, it's to me, it's weird. Um, but I'll usually tell them like, okay, I wrote you a letter. Here you go. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't think you have to tell people in advance. Sometimes it's just like, oh, here's a note, but you definitely could. And the same goes if you're going to send something in a text message the same principle of write it out and then take a break from it and then look back at it again Mm -hmm. before you decide for sure if you want to send it. That way you can just make sure that you're saying what you really want to say and it's not too clouded by emotions, but also it's okay to express your emotions and it's totally fair to say, hey, I'm feeling this way because of X, Y, Z. That's important. You don't want to say the problem you don't want to ignore having feelings and I think that's what a lot of people do is they're afraid to have these conversations because you don't want to show that vulnerability but it's so super important because never ever in my experience have I regretted having a conversation that I've been needing to have it's always why did I wait so freaking long to have that conversation I completely completely agree and one other thing that I think I want to share that I feel is I feel empowered and confident once I have conversations with people in this sort of regard because I feel weak and passive when I don't have conversations with with people in these situations because I feel like I'm just letting the tides roll and I'm not taking ownership or empowering myself to talk to them. And I feel, I feel empowered and confident when I have these conversations and it allows me to build the strength to do it more and more. Exactly. That's such a huge point. Once you do it, then you realize, okay, it's not that scary. And also you're taking the power, you're putting the power back in your own hands. Whereas when you know you need to talk to someone about something, sometimes it can give them a lot of power over you. Mm -hmm. So very personal example, I was infatuated with this man for about four years and we never lived in the same place, but I just, for literally a year and a half, it was on my to-do list every week to call him and have a conversation. And it took me so long to do it because every time we'd talk, 
rarely when we would talk on the phone, I'd say, okay, today I'm going to do it. And then I would just get too nervous and I want to do it. But then the day that I finally did it and I said, you know what? I'm nervous, but I'm going to do it anyway. And it's going to be fine. And I forced myself. It was uncomfortable. And this is what you have to do. You have to get uncomfortable. You have to force yourself because once I did it and I started talking, it became so much easier. And he was like, he had no idea. I was thinking all these things, but he understood some of them and it was helpful for both of us to have that conversation. And then now we can have a much better rapport because I'm not sitting there. He was had so much power over me that he had no idea about because we didn't even live in the same place, but I was thinking about him all the time and it, I just needed to have that conversation. And it was a pressure on me and a weight on me. And finally, I felt so proud of myself once I did have that conversation. And I learned that it wasn't that scary. And so now I think <laughs> if I could have that conversation, anything else is going to be a piece of cake and it really feels better. It always feels better. And it's just that initial ripping off the bandaid of doing it, which is the scariest part. And that's always the scariest part of anything, but it's, it's a muscle memory. Once you do it, you'll have experiences to call back on. Like Trisha, now next time you have a conversation with someone else, you can recall on that experience with that person and say, wait, if I did that, oh my gosh, I can definitely do this next thing because you have the experience and power and confidence. Yeah. And then the other thing too is most of the time, as I mentioned in an example in the beginning, is most of the time the other person is probably going to be on the same page, whether or not it's the same exact issue that you're having, they're probably feeling weird about it too, or they probably have something they want to talk to you about too. It's rare that one person is having strong feelings about something and the other person is just la 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 la, like totally nonchalant. Mm -hmm. And so by being the person that steps into that vulnerable place and says, hey, let's talk about this thing. And then they get the chance to talk about it too. And sometimes we don't want to be that person that brings it up, but it's it's really helpful to do and you have to do it for yourself and for the other person. And definitely don't rely. One thing that I know a lot of people do too is don't just expect the other person to pick up on when you're upset or when you want to talk about something. Because then it, that's not empowering you either. You're like, I hope they do it. I hope they pick it up. I think... Mm-hmm when you actually initiate that conversation, again, it empowers you. Yeah. And because people are not mind readers either, or they're, yeah. or a lot of times people will think if she wants to talk to me about this, she'll say something. Or if he thinks that's a big deal, he's going to tell me. And so we expect the other person to communicate that. And so if you're waiting around for someone to beg you and say, what's wrong? Oh no, I'm fine. No, what's wrong? Really? Oh no, I'm fine. And then wait till they push you to that limit. One, it's not empowering like Molly said but two it's not fair to the other person and that's not flexing your muscle you're not going to develop any skill from that because it didn't take any effort on your part to talk about it It just made you both probably miserable and that's the thing too is holding things in just makes you miserable I totally agree something I want to talk about too is we've we've mentioned ways to bring it up um we mentioned the one way writing a letter I think another good way, I actually had a conversation about this with my boyfriend, I think two days ago, so fresh on the mind, but he was asking me, he's like, what's the best way to bring something up that we have to talk about so it doesn't cause you anxiety? Because being on the other end, being the person who you're going to address, if you just say something like, hey, we need to talk, that gives so much anxiety to that person because it's 
So we need to talk. That's a classic phrase that makes people nervous. But what I told my boyfriend was, I said, if you can give me a quick synopsis of what we need to talk about and when we're going to talk about it, that alleviates a lot of the unknown. So saying things like, hey, I've been feeling really weird about X. When I see you on Wednesday, do you mind if we take some time to talk about it? And I think that was, at least for me, it was a really um, important conversation to have and it helps me alleviate some of the anxiety. And I think that's a great way to go forth with initiating these kind of conversations. Yeah, I agree with that. Giving some indication of, okay, this is what we need to talk about. A way to start the conversation. What I did in my example where I was almost crying is I just said, I feel weird. And I, I didn't, mm. that's not particularly articulate, but I, in, rather than saying, this is what's wrong, this is what's wrong, and this is what's wrong, ease into it. Say, just, I feel funny. I feel weird. This thing has been bothering me. It's been on my mind. Or you can say, I haven't really been able to focus lately because I'm so distracted thinking about X, Y, Z, which is another thing that happens when you have this pent up emotion is you get distracted and it's hard to focus. And so just say that or Those are just some phrases you can use to lead into the conversation. And also, make sure you're using I statements and not accusatory, you did this, you did that statements. You want to remember this conversation is about how you're feeling. And as hard as it is to swallow sometimes, sometimes we feel things that are not real or we feel (laughs) things based on imaginary scenarios and sometimes we're sensitive and take things out of proportion. I'm talking to myself right now when I say (laughs) this. So it's really important to make sure you're saying, this is how I feel as opposed to you are blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Saying things how you feel. I think that's a great way to start it too. Like by saying, hey, I'm feeling weird and something's off with us or hey, I'm feeling weird about... um, our situation the other day and I really need to get it off my chest. I think that's, again, those are really good ways to start the conversation. Or if it's something that's bothering you about the other person, you can ask, start by asking a question. Like if you sense something is off and that's what's getting to you, you can say, Hey, are you doing okay with this move or whatever it is that you is on your mind and say like, Hey, are you annoyed with me lately? I've been getting the impression that blah, blah, blah. But like you want to, asking a question is fine as long as you're coming from a non-defensive, non-accusatory place. And it's from a place of genuine curiosity and concern. Completely agree. Yeah. So my takeaway for this episode would be choose a low stakes conversation where you confront someone about an issue in a gentle and kind way and just notice and observe how you feel after having that conversation because the more low stakes scenarios you do with this then the easier it's going to be when you have to have a really big talk with someone and I know that I've given that takeaway before but it's so important that you're doing this not just once but all the time because there's no other way to flex that muscle and then you'll get to the point where you're like Molly and one little thing happens you're like hey we gotta address this right now and nips it in the bud and then you're good to go and you'll realize the more and more you do this we it's not going to make you seem controlling or nitpicking or nagging it's just going to make things smoother for you and whoever you're communicating with great my takeaway would be to do a daily body check-in so either every morning or every night for one week 
check in with yourself and see what kind of physical manifestations you had today. Were you feeling really light and breezy today? Were you feeling really weighed down and stomach hurting and pukey (laughs) or things like that? Start to kind of create the practice and habit of noticing how your feelings are manifesting physically. I love that because even though it's more about yourself and self-care, we can't be good communicators with other people if we're not in tune to our own body. And Keep in mind, too, that everyone's bodies manifest things differently. So you can't say, oh, your hips are tight. You must be stressed because of blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't know how someone else is going to interpret that. Great. Thanks for listening. I think this was a very important episode to have. I'm glad we chatted about it. So if you have any other questions or have any other thoughts or experiences that you want to share, please message us on any of the platforms. So we have Instagram, we have Facebook at Lost Art of Communication. We and also Twitter. have an email and Twitter. I always forget about Twitter because I don't use it personally. We also have a Twitter and um, Lost Art of Communication as well. And email is lostartofcommunication at gmail.com. Thanks so much. All right. Have a good day, guys.